If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome in here on a Friday, everybody. Powerful day, powerful morning in the 904. Memorable one as well. Uh, and we are going to discuss it. Uh, it's been a uh, week full of discussions, dialogue, and communication, uh, education, emotion. And uh, that continues here on a Friday. And, and uh, not sure that's stopping, and that might be a good thing uh, as well. But uh, we did witness something that was pretty strong and powerful this morning. Some words that were powerful as well uh, by some players and coaches for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, an important part of our community. Uh, we saw a little bit of a movement uh, this morning. Following up on Jaguars owner Shad Khan's op-ed earlier in the week uh, in uh, which he mentioned that we can't just say words. We uh, have to take action. And uh, this is the first step of some action uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. In part, uh, not all the players, not all the coaches, not everybody is even in town to participate. But uh, still pretty strong uh, this morning um, for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So we'll discuss that. Uh, We'll let you listen in. If you missed some of it this morning, we carried it on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Uh, for most of the time, we also had it on our Action News Jack's Facebook page. We also had some of it on uh, WOKV 104.5. And uh, we will play some of the most memorable and powerful moments uh, uh, from this morning uh, that I attended uh, along with um, many others. Uh, this was uh, something that I didn't really know what to expect this morning. Uh, turned out to be um, something that I'll probably remember for a long, long time. Brent Morton, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Friday. What's up, man? What's up, man? Here we are on a Friday. Here we are on a Friday. Yeah. I think I said so I, there was a lot going on this morning. Yeah. But I do think I saw something uh, from you, uh, and and then I might have scrolled right by. Uh, apologies, or, oh, or no, someone might have called. No, but I think good. I think your your statement. On uh, Twitter said how proud you were of the organization for organizing uh, something like this. Yeah, uh, give us your thoughts on it. Yeah, um, I'm proud of the players. I'm proud of the coaches, and I'm proud of the staff members who took part. You know, in the protest, not only obviously in Jacksonville, but there's a bunch of players who also chimed in. Um, you know, via like Zoom and Skype and things like that. Uh, I'm proud of all those people, and, and I'll be honest here. You know, I only spent three years playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it was a privilege to play for the Jaguars organization. It was a privilege, you know, to to have the fan base that we had. But I can sit here wholeheartedly right now and say this is probably the most proud I've ever been to associate myself with the Jacksonville Jaguars of what they did this morning. And now, obviously, it stems from a lot of reasons, but one of the biggest things that I took away, um, and I believe it was DJ Chark that said this, This wasn't for the NFL. This wasn't for the NFL to take note and try to take part. This was for the city of Jacksonville. Because as messed up as this sounds, Brent, the NFL eventually, they're going to be okay. Okay, like the NFL is too big to fail. Are there problems right now racially and everything like that? You better believe it. But the NFL will always be there. But the fact that this was more about the city of Jacksonville that should say all you need to know because we don't know if the city of Jacksonville is going to be okay. Okay. Um, 
you know, I mean, past Saturday, the, the, those protests, things escalated very quickly, uh, and there was some violence. You know, so I loved how the Jaguars used their platform, not only as NFL players, obviously, but also, I think, concerned citizens of the city of Jacksonville. Yeah, well said. Uh, I, I think, too, uh, JSO should be commended yeah. uh, this morning for... Uh, taking part in uh, the peaceful protest in the march, and there was a lot of coordination, you could tell, between JSO and the Jaguars organization and players, and, and uh, it was very amicable. Not even a moment of, of um, you know, anger or or anything uh, that I saw. I mean, I, I, I witnessed most of it, I, and I didn't see that. Instead, it was kind of neat to see some people – from uh, that were working, kind of come out of their offices, hmm. uh, whether it was Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp or uh, some of the folks along Bay Street. Some folks, uh, I, I believe it's a parking garage or, or maybe it was just kind of like a top of the building that uh, there were six or seven people gathered and watching um, and, and kind of cheering uh, the, the march on. That's awesome. There isn't some, it? It's yeah, awesome when it just, was, you know, there's, there's bystanders that just kind of see what's going on yeah. and they take part. Like they, they stop what they're doing in their everyday lives. And they support their cause. It's an awesome scene to it, see. It was cool. It was very organic. Uh, it was there were honk, uh, cars honking yeah. and uh, kind of fist raise and thumbs up. I saw it was a a, a lady uh, that uh, stood across the street saying how much she loved uh, everybody and and uh, praised the Jaguars uh, as well and wanted to participate. And uh, we'll get into that part in just a little bit. Uh, and and it was uh, it was it was pretty cool to see. So uh, the, along the way, it was so organic in in a sense, mm-hmm. because this was although it was organized to a degree. I had somebody mention I think at one point or another, well, how'd they have shirts made up if it wasn't organized? Well, it was to a degree, but it was organized by the players. Uh, the players took the initiative on this along with the coaches, and Doug Marone got a lot of credit for this as well. But a lot of times when you see, okay, a press release go out or something from the organization say, hey, we would like the public to participate and we're going to do this and this, uh, th- that comes from like the top. That comes from the organization. That comes mm-hmm. – well, this was more of an organic natured thing that spread throughout the organization. So they participated and helped within what I've been told the last like 36 hours and uh, then actually told a little bit of the media about it and that it was going to happen. Uh, but there will be more events down the road. This is just the start. Uh, but this was very player driven from the Zoom meetings and the virtual period and a lot of the discussions that they are having. So if people are wondering a little bit behind the scenes, what, why, like, why wasn't there more people? Why didn't we know about it? Uh, I think that brings up a little bit of the nature of, of why and how this came together. Also worth saying. Listen, it's a there's a pandemic going on. There's a lot of guys that are not around, mm-hmm. uh, not a lot of players. I think it was pretty evident from the messages the Jaguars pushed out after from Governor Minshew and other players that they would have liked to be here. Um, some couldn't. I also heard from Chris Conley saying that some players drove in this morning to be a part of it. Uh, players and maybe that could even go with, along with coaches and staff members, too. So, again, as I say, it was kind of organic. I thought I'd get out there and be 50 to 100 people there when I was told about it. And and this turned into something bigger. Now, more than thousands, mm-hmm. but definitely a few hundred folks there uh, from little kids that were family members yeah. to to players. Uh, and there were a good amount of players out there uh, that, that usually stay in Jacksonville. And I think by now, if you know what happened this morning, you also know 
the powerful voice and, and message of Chris Conley. Uh, I thought Doug Marone was really good at times as well. Uh, when he addressed the crowd, uh, he wasn't, those two were not the only ones. I think they were kind of the headliners. Mm-hmm. DJ Chark, Pro Bowl wide receiver, addressed the crowd. Josh Lambeau, Jaguars kicker. Maurice Williams is a former Jaguars offensive lineman, now the team chaplain. Mm-hmm. He addressed the crowd and then led a prayer before the march. Uh, Marcus Pollard, former NFL player, tight end, caught passes from Peyton Manning. He's been with the Jags organization now for a few years. That's what I call it. It's a more um, a distinct title than what I call it. I call him play, like a player liaison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think he's in charge of player development, I think would be more his official title. So we heard from him. We heard from Terry Rubisky, very strong from Terry Rubisky. And maybe as good as Chris Conley was and and as strong and powerful of a message and and such an eloquent speaker, and we've known that from the show that we did with Chris, and and we've heard him talk football, and he's so eloquent about different things. Uh, Terry Rubisky got emotional, shed some tears in his conversation and message on the steps of JSO and really lauded the organization. He said he's been around the NFL for 30-something years and has never seen the or- an organization support something like this mm-hmm. the way the Jags have. This isn't about applauding the Jags necessarily. It's bigger than that. But I do think an organization that's really taken a lot of heat on a lot of different things, from winning football games to keeping stars to whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. I-, I think – it's it's nice to hear that from within, from a guy who's seen it at a lot of different stops on the collegiate level and the NFL level. Terry Rubisky's message and words, I think, will get a little bit lost behind Doug Marone's and Chris Conley's. But I think it does say a lot, and not only about today and this week, but maybe where it's headed. Yeah. And that's important because if you think about what was coming out of Shad Khan's op-ed and the powerful message Shad Khan had – the, the taking action was an important part of it. We asked during the week, what will they do? What does action look like? Where does this go from here? Will the message stop? Will the conversation continue? And I think we got a, a good glimpse of that from Terry Rubisky. I thought that was very revealing. Yeah, I mean, one of the strongest, most powerful things you can have is just it's the, the it's like it's like experience okay because terry rubisky has been around for a while and he kind of peeled behind the curtain a little bit of what he's experienced in his life okay um obviously people who talk about you know what, what's going on right now that's fantastic but people who also share it what, what they've been through uh and try to use it to maybe wake people up a little bit um should be you know, this should be celebrated, and, and Terry Rubisky did that. And I'll tell you what's another cool thing too that I saw when Chris Conley was giving his speech. Um, you know, one of one of the baddest dudes that I know, and I and I, and I say baddest as in you know the the, the most biggest sign of uh, respect ever. Ernest Wilford was out there. Yeah. You know, I saw Ernest obviously in in his, in his police uniform, former Jacksonville Jaguar. He was there. You know, he was standing with, you know, the the former organization that he played for and also now the current police officer. I thought that was also a pretty um, strong thing on his part. Absolutely. I thought it was um, maybe from an image standpoint, yeah. nothing more powerful, symbolic. It says what uh, it can be accomplished and what we're trying to accomplish. I think there is um, so much angst and anger across the country. And police brutality is certainly one of the narratives uh, and should be. Of of the movement, if you will. But I also think we need to be reminded at times it was the sheriff in Michigan who walked with the protesters yeah. last weekend. Right. We need to be reminded at, at we 
at times that there's so much good that police officers do and the connection and bond between citizens, um, not so much athletes, but citizens and, and police are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while we have to change some things systemically, and I think that's what a lot of the last week has been about, I think that image of seeing uh, Ernest Wilford uh, with Chris Conley and what it all represents to me. I took that picture on the steps, and I'm sure I know wasn't the only one, but it just really will be probably the lasting image in my mind from this morning because Chris Conley is so eloquent, powerful, did his homework, uh, educated, and even admits he needs to be more educated. Mm-hmm. But it was such a good message uh, to, to everybody. And standing right next to him, like you said, is is a is a man that is a big man. <laughs> First of all, you better believe it, a man. black man, yeah, uh, who played in the NFL for a while, played for yeah. this organization, has been in this city, knows the city, knows mm-hmm. the dynamics, uh, the good and the bad, mm-hmm. and now serves the city. Yeah. You know, and has really worked his butt off to do that. By the way, yeah. Uh, so uh, I I agree with you. I think that image of Ernest Wolford and Chris Conley and everybody else, but uh, will really remain in in my mind. You know, we always talk about that significant, memorable moments. That image, I, I think, will play in my mind for a long time because of what it means and what it said. Because it will then remind me of what it's all about, but also remind me of Chris Conley's powerful words and, and everything else. Uh, it was really a strong morning uh, here in Jacksonville. Uh, and uh, it's been a strong week, I, I think, here for us uh, to have a lot of these communications and, and dialogues and discussions and around the, the country as well. Uh, and we're going to continue it a little bit today. What else did the Jaguars uh, say? What did the players and coaches say? Uh, what does it mean going forward? You know, what does it mean when it comes to football? How important is football right now uh, inside for the organization? Mm-hmm. You know, how where is it on the priority list? Uh, you know, yesterday we talked about our our sports bubble bursting a little bit maybe internally at colleges and other places are sports priorities changing or is it just kind of in this moment in time because we don't really have scoreboards to be watching uh, i think that's a, a discussion that we'll have uh, will colin kaepernick get a chance now in the nfl should he uh, would it feel like it's just kind of a token thing mm-hmm. will it have meaning uh, and uh, we'll have some of those discussions uh, along the way. And we'll also do what we've done all week. We've kind of intersected sports and society with these conversations, but we'll also talk some sports as well uh, going into the weekend. Uh, where do the Jaguars sit from a football team standpoint? Uh, we'll share some more of the details from what happened this morning. Uh, NBA uh, back up and going. And uh, everything else that might be happening in the world of sports. It's been very quiet on the Major League Baseball front. I'm yeah. a little surprised, but I also wonder if that's because they don't want to overshadow what's happening in our country right now. Uh, and are we getting closer to solution? Do we feel anything different? I thought early in the week, by this time, we might have something on Major League Baseball. We have something sure. on the NBA, yep. but we don't really have anything concrete unless I missed something in the last few minutes on Major League Baseball. So we'll update you on all the sports going on. And uh, by the way, live sports will happen in Jacksonville next week in terms of golf uh, and it continues uh, over the weekend in NASCAR and and UFC as well so we'll discuss that. Some sports talk and uh, what happened this morning here in Jacksonville, a memorable moment, a powerful one uh, to be discussed here on ESPN 690. Just during this week we've had a lot of discussions you know, as far as with our football team and team meetings, you know, with players and coaches these meetings weren't about football you know, this is something much bigger you know, the problem that we have going around, the problem we're dealing with the social injustice that the black people in this country face, and what we can do to help. 
head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Doug Marone, right outside the team facility this morning. Uh, the march took place at 904, appropriate for the 904 area code here in Jacksonville. So at times, I guess you could say it was well organized in some facets <laughs> if they did it that way. Uh, but, uh, it, it was really a, a well done thing to, to witness and see. And, uh, Doug Marone has championed a lot of this. He did address, by the way, today the Peyton Thompson tweets and, and said he had conversation and said he also was hurt by being lumped in mm-hmm. uh, to that conversation, but also admitted that he probably didn't communicate as well during that time frame as the head coach of the football team that we support, uh, you know, what what you want to do. Uh, so uh, he didn't he didn't go blameless in it, but he also uh, continues to say he, he champions uh, the rights of players to express themselves so much so that there have been talks inside the Jags organization that uh, there will be no punishment for players who choose to do that. Uh, whether it is, it, it sounds like from his words there, he didn't get specifics, but whether it's taking a knee, uh, any kind of protests going on and being a part of them, uh, he didn't, again, didn't go into detail, but it's been discussed inside the Jags organization. Is that important uh, as we welcome everybody back to Action Sports Jags on ESPN 690? Brent Martin, Austin Lane. You know, we talked about Peyton Thompson and his words, a former mm-hmm. Jags player. He tweeted a couple times this week. Uh, and, and basically, essentially what he said initially, if you're just catching up on it, is, you know, Tom Coughlin, Doug Moreau, and others in the organization said don't kneel back in 2017. And then Shad Khan said, hey, I, I, I'm with you. I support you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's and then he later talked to Doug Marone that day or, or in the next 24 hours and then tweeted again and and said, uh, well, I just had a great conversation with Doug Marone. I you know, kind of misinterpreted his involvement in it. Um, you know, and, and went on other lengths. To, and then, of course, the reaction today from Doug Marone to say, hey, that, that that's not me. Uh, but I could have communicated a little bit better. And so now they're communicating, hey, you know, we're not going to hold we're not going to punish you. This isn't a playing time. You're not going to be cut. Yeah. But that is we, we talked about that with Peyton Thompson. He might have been the 52nd guy on the roster, mm-hmm. you know, at, at that time. And getting cut was a was a real worry for a lot of players. Losing paychecks, real worry for a lot of players, taking care of their families. Uh, how much can they follow in the footsteps of Colin Kaepernick? So how much do you think it, it is important not only to see what we've seen this morning, hear what we've heard from Shad Khan, at least uh, in writing this week, and internally, not really publicly, uh, say, hey, we support mm-hmm. if you want to have a voice, and you're not going to be punished for having a voice. You know, it's crazy that we're sitting here now in 2020, you know, 6'5", 220 right now, and we're talking about how Doug Marone has kind of started a precedent of how things should be in an NFL locker room, okay? Because, you know, for him to come out and say that the players can can voice their concerns, they can use their platform for the better, I mean, let's be honest. I think that that's the way it should have always been. And I understand that's gonna that comment's going to be reached with some people that disagree with me, and that's fine. But I just think right now um, it's good to see. Obviously, it's been a long time coming. Um, better late than never, I guess. And I hope that more teams in the NFL, and I hope the overall the NFL as an organization, the the, the NFL as the shield, um, the NFL that's always trying to quote unquote look out for the players. I hope the NFL follows suit and supports this as well because the, once again we always talk about communication and being on the same page. I think this is one thing right now that every NFL team and the NFL in general can be on the same page and support this. Yeah. I, uh... 
I, I did have somebody say, is like, isn't that the way it's supposed to be? And, and I understand it. It's not uh, the way it was. It's not the way it was. And I think all things, maybe not uh, deep issues like this one, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not as many important issues as this one, but we all have worries and concerns sometimes about voicing an opinion, even in our own workplace, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you know. You're, if, if you really have a problem with somebody, you go to HR, you are still kind of tentative and, and concerned. Is this going to come back and people, they're not, they're going to say something about me, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm the complainer or complaining? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's just part of it. You know, uh, if you see something wrong and you're a student, uh, in a classroom, uh, you're a little tentative, uh, at, t- to go say something. Are you being a tattletale? You know, mm-hmm. are you ratting somebody out? That's kind of the nature of who we are from a human standpoint is wondering, OK, what are going to be the ramifications of what we do? That in, a, in, in its very essence is why we now, I think, more than we did acknowledge even what Colin Kaepernick was doing, hasn't played football since. Correct. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, it, it, it was just an interesting comment. It was a small bit of this morning coming out of uh, Jags headquarters with Doug Marone standing in front of the statue uh, and as he was addressing this issue. But uh, it was I thought it was pretty strong to say that I think players probably need to hear that more so than we needed to hear it mm-hmm. uh, if if they want to join this movement and keep the movement going. I think there's also oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, too. I mean, listen, we're right now we're, we're talking about, like, hey, what can the NFL look? What can everybody do to do their part? Right. Because we're, we're always trying to hold people accountable right now. We're out here checking receipts and everything like that. And we're holding people accountable and, and we're wanting more from people. We're wanting statements from teams. We're wanting players to speak out. And the question comes up, what more can the NFL do? And I think this is a perfect opportunity for the NFL to come forward and say, listen, we support, um, you know, the right of protest. We're, we're not going to we're going to make sure that if a player chooses to protest, that he is going to be safe from losing his job, from getting alienated from a team, from his peers or from the front office like that. To me right now, the NFL could do that and make a huge difference. Because keep in mind, and I know what people are thinking right now, at least some people are thinking. Well, if you let the players protest, all of a sudden it's just going to be chaos, right? Now everyone's going to have their own little motive. Everyone's going to be this their own little distraction. Keep in mind, okay, these aren't just athletes, okay? These are these are fathers. These are members of society, and they're pretty intelligent human beings, okay? So if you were to see a protest, I think you'd see unity like we've seen before. We're not going to see one guy just go on this giant rant, offend everybody, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this guy's by himself. Because you know what? That could be a distraction then to his other teammates, right? And I don't see players in locker rooms doing that. So I think it needs to be said. I think the NFL should come forward and say, listen, we, we encourage teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars. We encourage every team to follow no, like Doug Marone said. But does it mean something that the Jaguars were the first to do something like this? We've seen a lot of sports uh, statements, right? We've seen a lot. We've seen a, a check donations. We've seen a lot of athletes, high profile, come on. Listen, the Jaguars are not uh, relevant on a national level on a daily basis. Uh, mm-hmm. We know that they haven't won enough to to capture that attention. They're also in a small market. And and again, I don't think it's about this necessarily, but about being a leader can be. You have the only minority owner in the NFL. I think there are important steps here. We have wondered all week, uh, when is Shad Khan going to say something? It's important to hear from Shad Khan, uh, who's probably dealt with some of these same issues, mm-hmm. even though he's one of the wealthiest men in the world. So I, I think it's uh, it has value for the Jaguars to be leaders in something. Uh, they didn't change the world this morning, uh, but they were the first NFL team to do something like this. Uh, NFL is the biggest platform we have in sports in, in our country right now. What does it mean? Anything? Whew, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. What does it mean? You know, 
it's funny because when I saw and you know, so basically what happened was I was, I was going to the gym. Um, I was going to train some people at, at her boxing gym. Um, right before I get in, check my cell phone. It's probably like nine thirty, and I see you know the, the Jaguars are protesting. I'm like, awesome, sweet. Like this is this is fantastic, and I couldn't get enough of it. And then immediately I thought, okay, my first thought was like, wow, that's great for the community. That's great for the city of Jacksonville. I am very proud to have played for the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. My second thought was, okay, well, let's go. Bring on the barrage. Let's go CNN. Let's go Fox News. Let's go ESPN. Like, take this story because this is what the country needs right now. This is the first NFL team that's standing up for something. This is the first NFL team that's, you know, protesting. This is the first NFL team that's, you know, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm all for words. Words are very strong. Words are very important, and words can encourage a lot of people. But I'm seeing action right now. I'm seeing coaches. I'm seeing players, and I'm seeing staff members alike protest. You know, over 200 some hundred people doing their thing, all rocking Black Lives Matter shirts, all, you know, rocking a uniform, if you will. And I leave the box gym about an hour later. I expect to go on my cell phone and see every single news source just blowing this thing up, you know, like changing it. And you know what? There were some comments here or there. You know, I saw ESPN had a a little moment about it. Uh, And then it was back to Drew Brees. I turned on CNN, and there was a little ticker on the bottom that said Jacksonville Jaguars are the first team to, you know, to protest, the first NFL team. And that was about it. I turned on Fox News, and and granted, when I was watching it, I didn't see it. I saw they had a little blurb um, on their Twitter thing, but that was about it. And I just sat back and thought, like, man, you know, like, maybe, like, do I just have my blinders on right now? Like, am I just naive? But I think what's going on right now in Jacksonville is a bigger deal, you know? And it's a peaceful protest, and I understand right now. You know, maybe we, we still have to get to the narrative of, listen, you can accomplish a lot of things without having violence. You can show a lot of things that are peaceful, that are inspiring, and it's going to make a world of difference as well. And maybe we're not to that point quite yet, but I was just surprised of how I guess more media outlets just didn't take this story and run with it. You asked the question, though, what does it mean going forward? You know, what what has it done? I think it's got eyes, obviously, um, on the NFL. I think that it's got eyes, obviously, on Doug Marone. It's got eyes on Chris Conley. It's got eyes on the entire organization. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if other teams follow suit. But most importantly, and it's the thing that I said in the beginning of the show here that I was the most proud of, is that it got eyes on Jacksonville. And it showed Jacksonville is strong and that there's a unity in Jacksonville. Because once again, like I think it was DJ Chark that said this, it wasn't necessarily for the NFL. This was for the city of Jacksonville. And being a Jacksonville resident, having planted my roots here in Jacksonville with my family, I'm proud of that. Yeah, that was Chris Conley who said it. But, oh, uh, sorry, yeah, Chris it's, Conley. It's okay. yeah, DJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, uh, DJ Chark did speak as well. Yeah. Well, what do you think? How do you think uh, this was received today in Jacksonville? Forget about beyond, mm-hmm. because it is about Jacksonville. It's, it's, we, we, you, can, you can't change every city mm-hmm. from a march from that's .9 miles from JAG's headquarters to JSO. You can leave a message. You can be a leader. You can do all those things, and hopefully people follow suit. But this was about Jacksonville. Uh, uh, as you know, Chris Conley said, is about Jacksonville. How do you think it's received? This can be a divided community sometimes when it comes to race. Let's be honest, it can be a divided community sometimes when it, it comes to politics, uh, a lot of times, which every city is like. Uh, and I will share one moment because I do not like to bring the politics into this. I understand mm-hmm. other people do. And I understand it's become a political issue at times. Uh, I don't look at it that way. I really don't. I, I don't. I understand that some people do, but I, I don't. I, I 
at all. Like, I mean, I, I think you can vote for a Republican and vote for Donald Trump and or, or any of those things, and it doesn't make you one way or another. Um, I, I think you can do both, by the way. Uh, but I did think it was a powerful time, actually, on the steps of JSO, as whether it was Rabisky or maybe even Chris Conley talking. One of the cars that drove by was a pickup truck mm-hmm. beeping the horn and fist out the window like, yeah, let's go, mm-hmm. with a – Trump and United States flag on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it caught my attention, uh, and I think it would catch people's attention. But I thought that was a pretty powerful moment uh, this morning as well. So as I kind of introduced that, and again, I'm not about to make this by, about politics, yeah. but we know we're divided country politically. Mm-hmm. We know that means we're a divided state and a divided city at times politically. And listen, uh, about Jacksonville, we can sometimes be divided at, at, by race. That's that. There's a history of it, and it does exist. Would be foolish not to admit it. Mm-hmm. How do you think this was received? Yeah, uh, by the city of Jacksonville, not Jags fans. Mm-hmm. I think Jags fans appreciate it. Of course. Uh, how would it be received? Uh, do you think by the city? Well, first of all, I mean, and once again, I, I know we don't get political on the show, but the fact that you know, let's be honest, a, a guy with the, with the Trump sticker on the back was was encouraging it. You know, he was he he was cheering on. He was um, he was showing his appreciation. That's awesome. Okay, how did the city of Jacksonville as a whole receive it? Let's be honest here. I think we can make an argument to say that Jacksonville, um, there are parts of this city that are very conservative. Okay. And I kind of mentioned this during the break a little bit to you, but I listen, I have a bunch of friends that voted for Donald Trump and I, and I would do anything for those friends because I know those friends are good people. And then those friends respect me and they would do anything for me as well. Um, it's ironic. Some of those, those same friends have actually donated to black lives matter, you know, so they're Trump supporters, but they also see what's going on. So I just break it down like this. So you can do both. Is so my point. you can yes. do both. Cause you know why not every single Donald Trump supporter um, is a bad person. Not every single dump sh- I'm sorry, Trump supporter um, is against the cause. Okay, just like every single guy that protests isn't a bad person. So how do I think the community received it as a whole in Jacksonville? I think 95 percent um, of the people thought it was a great idea. I thought 95 percent of the people probably supported it. If they could could have been out there, they probably went about there too in support and solidarity. And I think 5% like any group, 5% like any kind of protest, 5% like anybody at a rally where, you know, there's just different views, um, there's different beliefs, probably had something bad to say about yeah. it. And then that's the way the world is right now. Yeah, and I don't know what the percentages yeah. are. I will say this, when being completely honest with you, I watched uh, a little bit back or, or noticed in our, we had Action News Jacks had, uh, we live streamed the, the, the march, mm-hmm. and I was uh, commenting underneath uh, uh, much of it. And we were live in, in that essence, both on TV and, and on uh, ActionNewsJacks.com on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And Facebook can be dangerous now. Uh, there's a lot of folks that are, are very, um, uh, you know, are okay with the, the keyboard yeah. and saying whatever they need to say. But I think it also will show you that why movements like this need to still happen, why we talk about these kind of things. And so I invite you, if you still don't think it's an issue in our country, in our city, in our, in our state, to go look at that. Uh, and again, that's not the voice of everybody, but it's a voice of at least a few. Yeah. And and I think um, that exists. And as long as that exists, then we, we need to have these kind of conversations. So uh, it, it it's just a reminder. You know, sure. it feels like there's been a lot of good things that have happened this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of good conversation, uh, a lot of good protests, a lot of peaceful mm-hmm. protests. In fact, they've become more peaceful 
uh, as the week has gone along. Uh, but just also have to remind people of reality sometimes in, in some parts. And uh, I don't think it's a majority, mm-hmm. but I, I do think it's out there and it exists. So that's why I kind of asked it. I think there are people that did take a, um, offense to yeah. this morning's rally. They did not wrap their arms around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, are they season ticket holders? Or, I don't think that's what this was about. You know, I don't, I don't think that part matters. Yeah. They're part of the community. And, and as I said today, the only real, um, you know, other than reporting on this morning, as I said, it, when it was all done, is I said the Jaguars are an important part of the fabric of this community. Mm-hmm. Whether you like the Jaguars, whether you think sports matter, uh, they are an important part of the fabric of our community. As much as you might talk politics, education, uh, you know, violence, mm-hmm. uh, cleaning up our neighborhoods, the Jaguars are on that short list of topics that we talk about. They are influential. Mm-hmm. We talk about Shad Khan as an owner of the Jaguars. Even though it's only been since 2012, he is one of the most powerful and influential voices we have in this city. So the Jaguars on and off the field, and it's been a struggle off the field. Mm-hmm. But they showed to me this morning that they're still very powerful uh, off the field. Uh, so struggle yeah. on the field, powerful off the field. It's got nothing to do with the scoreboard uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, at least this morning. You know, and it just goes to show you, too, though, how long of a ways there is left here. Right. Because if you go on Facebook and you read through the comments and I get it, it's it's toxic. And one can argue that, you know, the people that are the most angry have the loudest voices in terms of Facebook and stuff like that. But they're still out there. And I think that if someone can watch what happened, where you have white coaches, you have black coaches, you have coaches of every color, and you have players of every color, and you have staff members of every color, with kids, um, you know, with with men and women all in unity, walking together with JSO, mind you. Okay, this was this was a collaboration here, if you will, and they find a peaceful way to protest. To me, it's hard to pick that apart and say, well, this is wrong. Like what? What's wrong about it? Okay, <laughs> they're trying to stand up for injustices in this country. Everybody should want that in the most peaceful way possible. So once again, and like you said, Brent, and and I like how you encourage people to check it out. I mean, if you don't think it's there, then just go read the comments because it's definitely there, and, and just it goes to show you just how much work there's left to do. If, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, we kind of know Facebook can be toxic, or even mm-hmm. comments on social media can be toxic, and we say, yeah, it's just it's just that. It's mm-hmm. a, but I think in this stretch in this week and 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 that is something that was so peaceful and most people thought was very strong and powerful and and a good thing uh that the organization did this morning in our city i think if you go i I seriously invite you to go look at some of the comments and if you have kids see if you would read them aloud to your kids there it is you know if you would read those comments aloud to your kids and if you're blind a little bit to the fact that ah, it's not as real it's just a very small population very well it can be powerful, too, and mm-hmm. it can create division. And uh, I say that for many white people because I think the black people already know it. They've dealt with it. Mm-hmm. They, you know, We're all trying to get it from an, a degree of education and understanding a little bit more. I think that's come out of this. And if you are blind to it and you're like, ah, it's not really as big as you think it is. Seriously, go go look at it, uh, and and you can see it, and that's probably everywhere. I mean, we have it on our our Facebook page. I mean, there's it just does exist. That that's all I'm saying here. I don't think it's a majority. I really don't. I think it's a very small part of the population. I hope it is. Maybe I don't know if it's a small part of the population. I'm hoping it is, mm-hmm. uh, but I do think that's why mornings like the, today were meaningful, and also uh, why discussions like we've had all week 
are um, are meaningful uh, as well. We'll talk some sports uh, coming up here in a little bit, but the. Uh, th- th- this was not intended to provide people with a star of the morning. The- he did not intend for people to talk about him like he's a star. Uh, I don't think he wants to be put on that pedestal or platform. But he doesn't have a choice because of the way he delivered it and the impact that he may have uh, now here in Jacksonville on a football team where we wondered who could be the leaders. Mm-hmm. Did we just give the captaincy on and off the field to Chris Conley, the Jaguars wide receiver? Yeah. Uh, and th- that could have happened. We're going to take a time out. We come back. We talk a little bit about Chris Conley later on in the program, too. We'll share his message uh, in its entirety. It's about six or seven minutes long, I think. Uh, I might even approach eight minutes. But it's strong. It's powerful. It's well done. And uh, you talk about impact and you talk about leaders. Uh, it was an extreme sense of pride, I think, in the Jags organization for a guy like uh, Chris Conley. I'm just going to say this, man, and I don't have to set it up at all because, I mean, if you heard it, you know what's up. If you haven't heard it, you're going to be just in awe of it. But if you thought, like, him jumping a 45 or 47-inch vertical at the Combine was impressive, that performance at the Combine doesn't even come close to what Chris Conley had to say today. Yeah, absolutely. We'll hear from uh, Chris uh, as the show goes along. We'll talk a little bit about him, though, from not only a community leader standpoint, what he did today, but on, in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Because this team is void of a lot of veteran leadership and leadership with Calais Campbell gone, guys like A.J. Boye gone. Uh, Chris Conley show today might be able to take that role, uh, no doubt, internally and externally at Jags headquarters. We'll be back on ESPN 690. What's up, Duval? Gardner Minshew here. While I can't be with my brothers today as they march in Jacksonville, just know I'm with them in thoughts and prayers and soon-to-be action. Um, it's been an eye-opening and inspiring um, experience just being able to sit back these last few days and listen and hear stories from my friends my brothers. And I believe that we have people on this team and this organization that are committed to making real change. Uh, We realize this won't happen from one march, from one day, but a consistent effort to bring justice and equality into our city, into our community. I'm excited to see what this organization, what this team's gonna do, and more than anything, I'm excited to be a part of it. Welcome back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN's That was 690. a magical moment we just all had together. <laughs> well, I, I had to record something in the commercial. <laughs> yeah. And so I then put my headphones and everything down. Yeah. And then Koo says, here we go. But I thought he was coming in with Minshew oh, talking. Okay. Well, I did. So, but it's, so now I'm not sure if I'm tossing to it or not, but no, uh, I guess did, I am. I already played the Minshew. Oh, yeah, so you, you did play it. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going on. Oh, okay. Do, hey, did you know that Like I said, my headphones were down. I thought you were just like editing it in there because I could hear it through the we're so all three of us right now we're on a different type of page. Like, do, do you know that gift from the office where it's like Steve Carell standing with uh, Andy and whoever the other guy is with their guns in there, yes. like the, the, the finger guns? That's what that was like. Basically, we're just like, what are we doing right now, guys? What are we doing? So I honestly thought yeah. uh, we were all confused because Koo's just doing his job. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've got everything turned off, but I thought and he I'm was just editing chilling. Minshew. Yeah, because yeah. it might have been a little too long. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I thought you were talking to me for a second. I'm like, was I supposed to do something for this segment that I didn't know about? So sorry about that. Uh, that's why I was asking if you heard uh, my tossing to this. Oh, see, this is why we do like a, like a video of Koo's in the back so we could like screen cap that and just all three of us looking at I, each other. Everyone's face is like, wait, what? Yeah. Are we on? Is this thing on? Uh, yeah. Good thing I didn't 
say anything else. <laughs> Did I say anything else? Actually, I, now in hindsight. We'll find out. I didn't turn your mic snow. on because you didn't. I don't turn your mic on until you have your headphones on, and you didn't have your headphones on. Uh, so I was okay. like, I don't know if he knows. Very good. Like, back, good, back. Good person there. Uh, you're good. Good man. Appreciate it. <laughs> So uh, anyway, that was Gardner Minshew. Yes, it was. Uh, I, I do think one of the wild dynamics of this morning mm-hmm. is the pandemic. I mean, we saw both things that have happened in the last couple of months, you know, that have been so powerful, the pandemic and, and the economic impact and the health impact and the stoppage of sports. And obviously this intersection this week with uh, social injustice and sports figures and the Jaguars this morning kind of all collide here this morning mm-hmm. because – only, uh, I, I would say, 20% of the players were in town to participate. Gardner Minshew delivered that message <laughs> that yeah. you obviously did hear uh, from his home in Brandon, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And I did hear other players had, had driven up this morning or down this morning, wherever they were coming from, to be a part of it. But some just couldn't. And uh, it, it's an interesting part of the times, right? At the same time, that might be the negative side because other players would want to be a part of it and couldn't be a part of it or couldn't get here quick enough. But I think this was almost born in part because of the virtual nature of how they're learning right now in football. And all these discussions taking place across the National Football League are happening on Zoom and Microsoft Teams. I'm not saying they would not happen in team rooms and facilities, but I almost wonder if they're more dynamic now because people are at home. They're yeah. having these discussions with their families, yeah. with their kids. Yep. Uh, you know, I've said it all week. We're having discussions with our, our black and white friends, our uh, white friends, our family members, our moms, our dads, our, our kids. You know, so I almost wonder if uh, some of the conversations taking place on on these virtual meetings are more impactful, more raw, more emotional because people are all asking these questions right now. I think it is, or, or the fact right now that this, the Jaguars are, you know, they're, they're spread out. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're all around the country. Like, for instance, LaVisca Chenault right now is in Boulder, Colorado, and he's protesting. He's protesting at 10,000 feet or whatever like that. And trust me, from someone who climbed a hill for a little bit and almost died, uh, shout out to LaVisca Chenault, man, for using his voice, you know, for forgiving great speeches and things like that, man. He's doing his thing. So it's, it's all around the country right now. And I agree with you, Brent. Like, yes. There is something to be said when an entire team can come together in solidarity and be in one spot, right? To, 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 you know, uh, figuratively speaking, obviously with COVID-19, to join hands and accomplish something. But one could argue maybe it's even more powerful when that team still comes together and finds a way to do it when they're all scattered all across the country. Yeah, very well said. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk a little Chris Conley here. We're, we're up against a, a break here in a moment, um, and then I'll be ready for the next time we come back. But the... Chris Conley, the moment of the morning was Chris Conley. It's about seven or eight minutes. We're going to play it in its entirety if you haven't caught it yet. It's worth a listen. Uh, this guy is is so eloquent with his words. And yeah. I told you earlier this week, whether it's Emmanuel Acho or, or others, I I don't know if it's because of the business I'm in or I, there's just something I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm in the business and I wish I could speak that eloquently. <laughs> yep. And about a powerful topic, he wrote uh, words down. He, he spent a lot of time on this over the last week. And I think he used his platform um, to the best of his ability uh, to unite people, you know. But also it was raw and it was emotional as well. So we're going to talk about it. But 
You need guys like that, right? I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't well, know if you need like guys like that to win football games, but maybe you even do. I mean, you need those guys in, in a workplace. You need those guys in a locker room. Yeah. Listen, yeah, you, you need those guys on the team for sure. And Chris Conley, don't get it twisted. I mean, he did contribute last year, and probably going forward is going to con- contribute some more. I need Chris Conley just to be on the field, though, okay? Because I feel like Andy Dalton, he's like Joe Burrow coming in, where if for some reason, for whatever reason, he was to retire and he stays in Jacksonville, well, then here, go ahead and have my job, Chris Conley, because the way the guy speaks, the passion that he brings, the research that he brings to the table, and like you said, just how eloquent he speaks, um, that I mean, at any job, at any profession, that's uncommon. That's that's a special trait. That's a, a special gift. And obviously, Chris Conley possesses that. So that is definitely an asset to have in that locker room, to say the least. We're going to share his message, but also I do want to ask you, did what he did today off the football field give him a C on his jersey? Hmm. Does it mean that much internally, the respect of his teammates, his peers? Will they look up to him? because of that not only is veteran nature on the football field now an older guy in that young locker room but now after today i don't want to cross paths too much but i wonder it's an That's interesting a conversation question. yeah we'll do it next on espn 690 if your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages call superior plumbing and pipelining superior plumbing and pipelining's high pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com 